Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to Kilowatt. My name is Bodie and I am your host. Man, everything's turned down here. Let's turn it up a little bit. Not the volume. Well, the volume for the headphones, but not the volume for the actual, my volume, my voice volume. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Uh, I'm recording this a little bit earlier in the day because I got some stuff to do tonight and I got a bunch of stuff to do uh, over the weekend, so I don't want to put it off. So I'm getting it done early. We've had some long episodes, so this one's going to be a little bit on the shorter side, closer to 20 minutes. But guess what? Guess what happened? As soon as I come in here to record, I tell my kids I get them fed, I get them bathed. They played outside all day. I was a half day at school today, so they played outside. I uh, got them food, got a movie on. I'm like, okay, daddy's going to go record. So as soon as I set my put my headphones, I hear, daddy, 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 I'm hungry. I literally just gave that boy food. Literally just gave him food before I walked in here. Anyway, that's not a big problem. They're adorable. But that's really annoying when you're on a time crunch. Because I got about, uh, I don't know, 20, 25 minutes to record this. And then I got to move on to the other things I need to do today. But yeah, let's go through it. Let's open up the iPad, shall we? <laughs> do you guys care about pumping apparatus? Study guides. Let's see. We don't care about that. Let's see here. Documents. Okay. Oops. Let's update. Oh, okay. So there's a couple things. Let's start with the things that I like. The things that I like this week are, it's two things. Polka King on Netflix. Uh, it's really funny. It's about this guy, Jan Levon. It's loosely based on true story. It's actually uh, Jan Lewandowski. I have a friend with the last name Lewandowski. No relation, he says. But anyway, it was such a good show. It was such a good movie. I highly suggest taking a look at it on Netflix. It's a Netflix original. And the other one is Kingdom Come. And Kingdom Come Deliverance. This is an Xbox, PlayStation computer game. And you're basically in uh, medieval times. There's no magic. There's nothing like that. You're just basically somebody who's in medieval living in a medieval village trying to survive. Um, some bad stuff happens to your village, and then you're kind of forced to do uh, life um, and re probably revenge some things. I haven't gotten that far into it, but it really gets down into, like, you need sleep, you need food, 
Um, it's not like these one of these games where you get to go forever. You can't eat something during combat to refill your health. You can't if you get cut, you will bleed out if you don't get it fixed at some point. So um, I was really surprised on how hard the game is. It's first person view, which fighting in a first person view makes it very difficult. But this company, I backed them, I want to say two years ago. It might have been a little longer, a little shorter. No, it definitely wasn't shorter. I backed them on Kickstarter because I love games like this. Um, the game itself is beautiful. I have a 4K TV with a 4K Xbox. Yeah, the graphics are not quite 4K, but that's okay because the gra- game is so beautiful. But this company, uh, basically, they couldn't find a publisher. So they went to Kickstarter. They raised a bunch of money, and I think a publisher helped them in the end. But this is kind of in between an indie title and um, not quite a, a big uh not quite a uh, like a uh, like a grand theft auto type or a skyrim or assassin's creed it's in between it's not indie but it it, it feels very indie and all the updates we got were they're from the czech republic man i hope i'm not uh messing up where they're actually from uh but anyway it's a great game i highly suggest it if you like that kind of thing check it out um look at the trailer see what you think okay so we got that uh, if you want to support the show on Patreon, really want to do better things and more things with the show, um, go to patreon.com forward slash kilowatt, K-I-L-O-W-A-T-T. I'll put the link in the show notes also. Um, and I haven't really had a lot of time to update that um, after last week's show, but I want to add more things that bring give it more value. And uh, uh, the next couple of weeks are going to be shorter episodes. So I have, uh, let's see, I have to study for a class, I have to take a class, and I have to take a test um, for that class, and then I have to take another test to kind of get everything that I've been doing for the last six months all wrapped up, and I get a certification, and then I don't have to do that anymore. I'm really excited about that. I can't wait. Uh, so anyway... A lot of my time is going to be doing class stuff. So um, so we're going to have some shorter episodes, but I'm still going to do an episode once a week. So no worries there, if you care. The videos that I picked out this week I think are really good. So go to uh, the show notes and you'll see them in there. One is a guy did a fake commercial, kind of very like Crazy Eddie's Auto Car Shop store. And then he complains about the Model 3, like it doesn't have a tailpipe that kind of thing it's really it's kind of funny uh one is a person got a hold of a 2170 cell if you don't know that's the cell that goes in the power walls and also the um model three he got a hold of one of those cells from somebody at the gigafactory and he took it apart and you get to if you want to look and see what a cell looks like on the inside it's pretty cool uh bjorn nylon who had some really funny uh videos on his YouTube's page, I put all four of those. One of them involves summoning the car. The other three involve actually driving a Model 3 around San Francisco area. And finally, uh, there's a video about Faraday Future in there. Faraday Future is just crawling. It's trying. And like every week, I try to find a way to work a Faraday Future um, article into the show. But here's the problem. Is Faraday Future, like kind of like Lucid Air... Um, it's crawling 
and it, but it's not quite there. And Lucid Air probably maybe they're a little bit better off than Faraday Future because uh, Faraday Future was really poorly run. But it's just not. Uh, it's not quite there. I don't want to waste a lot of energy. I don't want to waste a lot of your time on things that probably aren't going to happen. So, but I threw the video in there, and I have lots of things on Faraday Future on the website, uh, which is one of the other things on my list of things to fix, along with the new logo for the show. If you look up Tesla shows on on podcast uh, sites like iTunes or Overcast, you notice there's a, I don't want my logo or my show art to look like everybody else's, but mine looks like nothing like anybody else's. And I'm kind of thinking uh, if I update that a little bit, hopefully it'll in, um, increase some downloads. I don't know if people know that we're a Tesla show or a, Tesla, a show about EVs. Okay, let's get right to the news, shall we? Uh, this is Green Car Reports. John Volker, that's how you say his last name. Uh, so John Volker is reporting that Bloomberg is reporting that Tesla has, is nearly making 1,000 Model 3s a week. Uh, Bloomberg has this tracker. And as of the time of this recording, I just checked, uh, the tracker shows 7,360 total cars produced, and right now Tesla's at 1,052 per week. Um, it's a start. They have to get to 5,000 a week before they get um, they see um, a profit, before they become profitable, is what Elon said. And he thinks he's, that's going to happen this year. Um, Bloomberg is tracking this in two ways, which is, this is totally not scientific. It's scientific. <laughs> scientific. Uh, first is the VIN numbers, uh, the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration. That has, that's, where, that's who assigns the VIN numbers, the vehicle identification numbers. So they look at the VIN numbers from the NHTSA, and then they look at VIN numbers that have been uh, seen in public, uh, like through social media and things like that. And then they're like, okay, well, now we know there's this many made. Um, it's not very scientific. Scientific, God bless it. Scientific, but they are uh, encouraging Model Three owners to register their VIN number with the Bloomberg tracker as well. I don't know if I would do that. It sounds creepy. Once you got your Model Three, who cares? Um, kind of how I feel about it. Uh, it's fun, um, but like I said, we'll keep an eye on it, and maybe we'll give an update every show if I remember uh, the next one. This is Teslarati Simon Alvarez who actually does really good work. He's replacing Tom uh, Fred Lambert with all of his stories. He does uh, good stuff. Tesla already got a really uh, got a good writer there. A Model 3 involved in a collision. Um, the owner of the Model 3, the, a Model 3 owner who was involved in a collision, gave Tesla high praise and some recommendations. Uh, we'll see what's happening. So the guy's driving in his Model 3. He's got a passenger on his right, because it's America. And he was traveling about 60 miles an hour, and he hit a parked car. Whether that car was at a stoplight, or it was in the road, or was like disabled somewhere, or parked on the side of the road, we don't know. Um, the driver and the passenger were both in injured. No word about the person in the car, so it's probably likely that no one was in the car in front of them that they hit. Um... The driver and the passenger were both uninjured is what the article said, but it's really, it wasn't, they weren't really uninjured. Uh, the driver had a hurt ankle and the passenger had a gash on their arm. Um, but he stated that uh, the electric car was able to protect him um, admirably. 
and I'll put the link in the show notes so you can see the pictures. Uh, like I said, he didn't give a whole lot of details because he hit a parked car and he's working some stuff out with the um, insurance company. But the paramedics on scene said that he would not have made it out of a collision had he been in a vehicle that was less safe than an electric car. As uh, could be seen from the photos, the car is totaled, the car's front end was completely destroyed, but the cabin was still intact. This is absolutely 100% correct. I saw the, the pictures. It, uh, the front of the car did its job. Big major crumple zone. Looked bad. However, I've seen worse cars and people walk out. I've, I've been in a car accident where I thought a, a truck rolled up on a car on an SUV, like a Honda CRV, rolled up on the car, and we thought the driver was dead. The wheel went through the the truck's left wheel, driver's side wheel, front wheel, went through the windshield, peeled the roof back over the driver's side. And when we arrived on scene, we were like third on scene. We thought this guy was dead. And as it turns out, the seat did what it's supposed to do, because when you're in an accident like that, the seat lays back to help absorb that energy the truck tire was resting on him but he was not hurt it was just barely above his chest and face he was not hurt at all he was just trapped we transported him to the hospital just because but this is not um there's this there's a saying we used to treat the car like if the car was like beat to crap um in an accident then we'd be like okay we're gonna level one you which means your top priority trauma, you're going to a level one trauma center because the car looks awful. Well, in nowadays, they say don't treat the car, treat the patient. So um, just because the car looks bad, and it's going to look bad because it has no engine. So what happens most of the time on those kind of collisions is the engine will push into the passenger compartment because an engine's not going to fold in on itself. It's a big piece of metal or it's several pieces of metal. So that's not going to fold in on itself. So it's, the energy has to go somewhere, and that's to the passenger compartment. Um, and I've seen accidents with lots of intrusion into the passenger compartment where that is actually a, a concern of ours. But the people walk out, and they're fine, and they don't have any deficits, and they don't have any injuries. Um, so while I think this is awesome, so don't get me wrong, really think this is awesome, but I've seen way worse accidents where people have walked out with no issues than what this car looked like. Um, <clears throat> let's see here. Uh, one of the things that did happen was the 15-inch screen shattered and cut the passenger's arm. Um, and the glove compartment, uh, or the glove box, couldn't be opened because the only way to open it is through the touchscreen. So um, that kind of took them a little bit of... Uh, time to get the insurance information and registration out of the glove box. Now, I don't know where this guy crashed at, and I don't know who was on scene, but I know the two guys in the back seat of the truck that I work on, if uh, somebody needed a glove box opened and the car was already destroyed, they'd, they'd have an easy time of getting the glove box open. Uh, those two guys can break anything. So I don't know that they had a really hard time. Um, if they asked the fire department to open it up, they just take a halligan and just pop that thing open. Wouldn't be pretty, and it wouldn't look nice when it was all said and done, but the car's total anyway. So, um, Elon and, uh, Musk, he announced that he was going to push some software 
uh, to fix the glove box issues. So if the car is in an accident, what happens is the glove box automatically opens, which is a good thing. And the other thing is they're going to look at maybe putting a plastic film over the screen. So when there's an, an accident, it doesn't shatter. It more like laminated glass. It, it shatters, but it doesn't break apart. It's just kind of all sticks together. Um, it's not exactly like your windshield because your windshield has two pieces of glass. And then in the middle is this plastic sheet. That's where your, your windshield doesn't shatter. Uh, but it is, it's a start. Uh, I don't know how you would do a touchscreen um, that under that much energy doesn't shatter or you just basically you're just lessing the likelihood of it shattering and hurting somebody which i think is good uh let's see here this so next one's from fred lambert um let's go back up here does anybody out there have a model three if you have a model three would you email me and and uh give me your impressions it doesn't have to be much just a little quick impression Okay, so next one. This is from Fred Lambert at Electric. Uh, we've talked about injuries at the Fremont factory uh, where a lot of people were getting hurt and they weren't getting... Um, it's not to say that there were a lot of people complaining that they weren't getting Tesla's full attention when they got hurt and some of these injuries were career-ending for a lot of these people. I don't know how true any of that is, but we do know their percentage of worker-related accidents was high. So Tesla just released a report on how the progress is going. Uh, Lori Shelby released a statement. I'm going to read it verbatim. The traditional workspace, excuse me, <laughs> I'm going to make, I'm going to make lots of mistakes in this. The traditional workplace safety metric is total recordable incident rate, T-R-I-R. Based on the data through the end of the year, 2017, Tesla's 2017 incident rate at the Fremont factory has improved nearly 25% from 2016 and is now equivalent to the most recent published industry average, which at one point Tesla told us that they were below industry average. This is um, obviously still not where we want to be, but I am extremely confident that we will be below the industry average in 2018. And uh, let's see, when I work closely with when I look closely at our 2017 data, a few things stands out. First, now this is her talking here. First, nearly two-thirds of the injuries are ergonomic injuries due to repetitive tasks. Model 3 was designed to reduce these types of injuries. Um, what are they doing? This is, my, um, this is my little ad here. What are they doing about the Model S and Model X? Um, what about those workers? Do they have something in place for those people? Uh, while production has increased, this is back to her, sorry, uh, the amount of injuries has decreased. So um, Model S, Model X, and Model 3, although not a lot of Model 3s, as we talked about, those, they're building more and injuries have decreased. Um, so the percentage is going down. So that's good. Uh, due to safety measures they've already put in place last year. Uh, third, compared to the Fremont factory, they compared the Fremont factory to the Numi factory when it was active, when Toyota was building cars in the same factory Fremont was, and they, they're like, well, it's less than what, what it was when the Numi factory was working here. And I think that's irrelevant because there was a lot more, there's been a lot more advances in technology since then. So the, for them to put that in there is kind of bull crap, I think, um, just because you can't really, like it's comparing safety standards 
2018 safe, safety standards to 1818 safety standards. Really, it doesn't, or even 1918. Uh, there, you know, even 10 years ago, there was a huge difference. Like there was things I was allowed to do as a firefighter 10 years ago that they would freak out if we did now. So, I don't know. the The safety issue is is um, what's the word? It's kind of a bullcrap comparison. It's really what it comes down to. Um, so what happens when injuries occur? The first thing they do is they take the injured worker, and if they're unable to perform their in normal duties, they put them on work restrictions. In the previous program, if they put them somewhere like filing, let's say they made $25 an hour working on the line, and they put them in filing, and filing made, you made $12 an hour, and then they used workman's comp insurance to cover that, that, that extra money, which is a big hassle, if I'm being honest. Now they just put you in filing and they pay you whatever your rate of pay was. And then they worry about whatever they have to do after that, which is probably not that much money in Tesla speak. So that's positive. Um, do, 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 do. They said that this is not typical across this industry industry and i believe that because where i work that doesn't happen um, they still pay you your your normal rate uh, i guess it does happen it we just got it let's put it that way it didn't used to be that way in our new program an injury who comes back to work in a less than role i mean <laughs> okay so that's it overall tesla is improving the safety my question is what are they doing about the labor organization organizing are they going to let labor organize this sounds like a good time to to start working towards that goal uh the next story is um autoblog jonathan ramsey and this is kind of two stories that are related here maine is proposing a supplemental registration fee for ev and hybrid vehicles if the bill passes Maine will join 11 other states in charging a registration fee to EV and hybrid owners. Now, I'm not against having a fee if you're an EV owner. I am kind of against having a fee if you are a um, hybrid owner because you're still paying for gas. I mean, hybrids don't get that much better gas mileage. Maybe the Chevy Volt. But most hybrids, they're not like way outside of the line to better uh, fuel mileage. So if you drive an EV... Pure electric vehicle, no hybrid, it's $250. If you drive a hybrid, it's $150. Now, keep in mind, this is not something that has passed. This is something you're discussing. discussing. But it's all to help uh, pay for infrastructure like roads and bridges and things like that because they're losing revenue because these folks aren't buying uh, gas. Now, I looked in Arizona, I'm paying approximately 18 cents in state tax. That doesn't include federal tax, which is 18.5 cents. I fill up approximately one time a week. This is real rough numbers here. I have about a 15-gallon tank. So any year, I pay about $140 in state tax. So if Arizona used the same fee structure as Maine, if they went to something like this, I'd be paying $90 more than I normally do. Now, if I had an EV, it would actually be a smaller vehicle than I have now, because at the time when we bought our vehicle, we had five people in our family. One of those people is graduating college, so we don't need a car that big. So it would actually be less, uh, should be less, uh, 
than $140. So that actual amount that I would be paying more for that infrastructure fee uh, would be significantly more than, um, than what I pay normally. I'm not against paying, and I'm not against paying a little bit more, but let's make it fair. Uh, let's see. In Green Car Reports, uh, John Volker, and think about the little the, the little old couple that only drive, and they maybe fill up their car once every three weeks. They're going to be charged $250 if they have an EV. Um, now, this is Green Car Reports. John Volker, again, Volker. Uh, the Trump administration is considering a 25 cent tax increase on federal fuel. So like I said earlier, the federal gas tax is 18.5 um, on gasoline and 24.4 on diesel. So that would bring the gas tax to 43.5 cents for gasoline and 49.4 cents for diesel. Um, I'm a firm believer that we need to pay our taxes. Um, also, we also need to pay for infrastructure. Like there are things in this country that we need to pay for. The things all over the world we need to pay for. We, our country, the United States, ours, the listeners all over the world, pays like one of the the smallest amounts of fuel tax. Like places in Europe are just ridiculous on how much they pay, but their roads are really nice. So they get what they pay for. Um, our roads suck and we get what we pay for. So I'm not against paying a little bit more and paying a little bit higher fee, but what I don't want to happen is once this becomes a fee and it's no longer built into the gas, um, uh, when you fill up your gas tank, it's no longer built into that. So now what happens? What am I going to be paying? Am I going to be paying? Um, am I going to be paying more because I drive less? Uh, and then on top of that, it's the federal government. It'll and the state government for that matter. They'll increase it when it when it suits them. There has to be something in there that keeps them from increasing it and making it outrageous. Because, honestly, um, not to say that our government can't be trusted, but what people's um, expectations and views are today aren't necessarily what they're going to be tomorrow. And while I'm a big proponent of paying your taxes and paying what's fair, I'm not a big proponent proponent of government wasting our money on a bunch of stuff that we don't need to be spending money on. So, um, I don't know. As long as it's fair, I'm not going to complain about it. Uh, but here's the thing, um, which I think is funny, uh, that kind of helps wipe out all of the tax uh, credits. It doesn't wipe out. It wipes out a portion of the big tax bill that the government said that they were going to save so much money on. Now they're increasing gas. Like, are they just, um, are they fleecing us? Are they waving their, their left hand and then stealing our money with their right hand? I don't know. I would have just as soon uh, paid everything that it was I was owed, or pay everything I owed to them and make it transparent and straightforward. Anyway, uh, also I wonder kind of, does this, Additional tax include private planes. Does it include jet fuel? Are they going to tax jet fuel like this, an extra 25 cents? My guess is it won't. But it's just a proposed, it's just something the, the Trump administration is thinking of. No need to get all uh, worked up. And let's see. This is Inside EVs, Stephen Loveday. I said seven Loveday because I had a hard time typing today. As I'm having a hard time talking today. 
Originally, this was an article pub published by the Financial Times, and then Inside, Inside EV is reporting on Tesla Roddy's article. So it's a Financial Times, which went through a Tesla Roddy filter, which went through an Inside EV filters, which is going through a kilowatt filter. And when you tell your friends, it'll go through your filter if you tell them. But Tesla's looking at partnering with Chile's largest lithium producer uh, with a new lithium plant. I don't speak Spanish, and I'm not going to try the name because it was really long, and it looked like I was going to sound really dumb, dumber than I normally do. So I didn't uh, put the name in here, but I'll add the link, the article to the show notes, and you can try and pronounce it yourself. But lithium, as many of you know, is the main component in lithium batteries, which goes in you know cool things like electric cars and hybrids. So you only get this in kind of this kind of really smart and detailed insight Oop. from uh, Kilowatt. And you also only get the my wife calling, telling me she's on her way home. Uh, let's see. Lithium is only available like in quantity in certain places in the world. And Chile happens to be one of those places, and they have a lot of it. Approximately 54% of the world's supply. We'll talk more about that later because that's not really true. 54% um, of the world's supply that's in the ground resides in Chile. Uh, so there's no doubt that EVs are on the rise and car companies like Tesla, they want to walk, want to lock up uh, as much lithium as they can because other auto manufacturers are going to be trying to get some too. So I'm sure we'll see more partners, partnerships like this in the future, not only from Tesla, but all other car manufacturers and electronics companies and things like that. I do have a concern of us digging so many holes in the ground what are we doing? Like, I'm, I'm not like a super greenie, but I do care about our planet. And I have some concerns about what that's doing when we're uh, doing all this mining. How, how much damage are we doing there? I guess we can't live without damaging the planet at some level. But if we're going green, but we're also digging a bunch of holes, what are we doing there? Well, let's talk about what we're doing there. I don't know if you guys know this, but the ocean is full of lithium salts. Um, and that, well, actually, that's the byproduct of desalinating seawater. So if you don't know it, a desalination plant turns seawater into drinking water. Um, the downside of this is that we're taking a bunch of water from the ocean. With that water comes marine life and whatever else we're damaging when we're pulling the, the water in to desalinize. And it takes a ton of energy to convert the, salin the salt water into drinking water. But when that's all done, and we have to have drinking water, so don't get me wrong, once that's, once that's all done, we have what's left over is uh, lithium. So here's a way that we could get we could get clean drinking water, and we could also get uh, lithium. Now the process has to be uh, pretty refined to yield anything that's substantial, but they're working on ways to get this better and um, lower the energy cost. In addition, um, get more fresh water. Uh, from the process because I guess a lot is wasted because we don't want to waste <coughs> Excuse me um, Now I don't know exactly how much we're going to be able to pull out of the ocean is it going to be significant to what Chile can give us? But it is still oh, this is uh, electrics Seth Weintraub that reported this but it's still um, It's still it's still good like if we're doing something anyway um and the byproduct is something that we're going to use in things like electric vehicles. Uh, bravo. Um, I would rather do that. I would rather 
a lot of things be different and we wouldn't have to use desalinization plants and uh, electric cars wouldn't, wouldn't necessarily be a thing. We just have different uh, ways of of getting around. I don't know. I don't want to make it sound like I'm um, some um, pie in the sky person because I'm, I'm not really fairly grounded. Uh, but yeah, it'd be nice if we didn't have to destroy our planet to try and save our planet. Does that make sense? I hope so. So that's the end of the show, and it was 31 minutes. It wasn't as as quick as I thought it would be. But let's talk about some things. Uh, Let's email. If you have any comments on anything that I just said, or I said anything that was wrong, or you just want to, you know, complain or whatever, email me, Bodie, B-O-D-I-E, at 918digital.com. I am very happy to respond, and I get a couple emails a week, and I always respond to them, um, usually fairly quick. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's mm-hmm, uh, 918digital. It's at 918digital, D-I-G-I-T-A-L. And uh, let's go over my email again because it's I'm getting distracted. B-O-D-I-E at 918digital.com. Okay, so you can call and talk back, which nobody ever has. So be the first. Be the first in your neighborhood to do this. Um, at 918-401-0071, leave a voicemail, and if you give me permission, I'll put that voicemail on the show, and we'll talk about it. Uh, uh, You can look at all the things that I looked at this week on kilowatt.bz, which is my uh, website. Leave a review, because that really helps out. It helps out a lot, so if you guys could leave a review, I'd really appreciate that. And then I have stickers that if you have an iOS messages and you want to support the show, you can go and get the stickers from iOS messages. I'll put the link in the show notes. And again, uh, if you would support, uh, take a look at the Patreon page. Take a look at the um, the reward tiers. And if there's something that you would like to see in a tier, uh, shoot me an email and I would be happy to consider putting it in because I don't know how this whole patreon thing works from a content creator side i support a number of um a number of podcasts out there um and youtube stars not a lot it's like 13 or 16 bucks a month something like that is what i pay um because i want to get more content from them but i don't ever really pay attention to the extra thing that i get from them so as far as rewards go uh if you could help me out with that if you have something you'd like to see um or you have a suggestion please let me know but you can go to patreon.com forward slash kilowatt, K-I-L-O-W-A-T-T. And that is it for me, and that's it for the show. I hope everybody has a great week. And uh, if you're in the United States, have a good President's Day. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.